This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Matt Bolin and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. We're going to kind of stick right around in those areas. Ecclesiastes, if you're not sure, you can go to Proverbs. You're going to go to Psalms, Proverbs. You're going to keep going in Ecclesiastes, the very next chapter right there. Um, So Ecclesiastes 9. Tonight, I want to talk about the title of it, if you're taking notes, is The Truth About Life. The Truth About Life. You know, a lot of times when we talk about God, we kind of describe him the best way that we can. The best scenarios, the best uh, whatever situations. We think, okay, this is the way that God does things. People ask, well, you know, where do you see God at work? Well, I see him because I make it through the day without yelling at my boss. Or, um, you know, I, I get blessed here. I get, this happens here. And you kind of get to share some stories about what you've done. But, you know, a lot of times when we talk about God, we try to put him in our shoes and think, okay, this is how God would handle this situation. And what I mean by that is maybe you're believing God for something. Uh, my wife and I have gone through a lot of different things in our life, just uh, you know, from the sale of our house that many of you have heard about um, in Albuquerque and waiting month after month after month and waiting for God to move continually, trying to trust and stay faithful. Um, you know, th- there's just so many different stories that I can continue to share. But um, you know, a lot of times we look at God and we're like, God, if you'll just do this, it'll be done. God, if you'll just, this is it. I don't know why you don't see this, but this is the answer right here. And it's like we put God and we say, okay, God, I'm going to pray, but I really know what you need to do. So you need to do this thing. And then when God doesn't seem to move as quickly, we kind of question, well, is God really God? Is God really listening? Does God really care about me? You know, a lot of times if we don't get an answer that we're expecting is quick enough, what do we do? We usually look at ourselves and we're going, okay, well, maybe I did something. Well, God, I'm sorry I thought that bad thought. Or God, I'm sorry I told that driver he's the best driver in the world by giving him the number one finger. Or, you know, doing all these different things that we, we kind of go through. And we're like, God, I, well, maybe it's this. Maybe I need to repent for everything I've ever done. And it's like we continue to kind of tie this thing in. We try to figure this out. But a lot of times we miss seeing God because we're so focused on the one way that God needs to move in our minds the way we miss the way that God really does move in reality. And you know, in the recent, I'm going to step back so I don't echo, but in recent events, uh, you know, the, the event in Orlando, um, the tragedy up in Amarillo the day after, uh, there, there was just so many events that have happened recently that a lot of times I kind of find myself, and I don't know if you guys find yourself this way, but I look and I wonder where God really is. God, what are you doing? Or I look and I'm like, okay, God, I'll pray for him. But then I kind of forget. And I kind of move forward and move on. And and, and it's not that big of a deal kind of thing. But I've realized recently that I've started to have more compassion. And what I mean by that is that a lot of people would look at what happened in Orlando and think, oh, man, that was a tragedy. But some may say, well, you know, they deserved it. Or some may say they shouldn't have been out that late. Or some may say whatever they may say. But I think a lot of times we miss the opportunity to remember that these are people. And the Bible continues to talk about that this, just as I said in, in, in the tithes and offerings, that God made the poor and the rich, which means that God made every one of us. 
And that his greatest desire in, his, in, in our lives, the greatest desire for our lives, is to truly find out who he truly is. And I, and I walk through this passion, I walk through these desires, and I think, do I really have the compassion that God asks me to have for people? A lot of times I react because of the way people react to me. I've had people treat me bad, so I treat them bad. You know, they're going to do this, well, I'm going to do that. Instead of realizing what Jesus did with Peter. Peter steps up and he rebukes Jesus, as we learn in the Bible, and Jesus doesn't scream and yell at Peter. He recognizes the spirit behind the moment. And a lot of times in life, I think we get so mad at the person that we forget that they're a person and we get focused on that moment and think, oh, well, they're just a terrible person. They deserve what they get. But that's not the way that God teaches us to live and the, teaches us to do things. You know, today, even reality hit me. We were coming home and um, just a side note, I want to say this. Uh, th- this weekend, my wife and I left Sunday right after church on Father's Day and drove up to spend time with my father-in-law, Pastor Stormy's dad. It was his 80th birthday, and his wish was that all the family would come together for a family reunion. We drove eight hours to Pagosa Springs, Colorado, and hung out. And then today, my wife and I got up at 5.15 and drove back so that we could be here tonight. And what I want to say about that is, when we were looking at that a week ago, we thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be such a boring, long trip. We're going to go so far, and it's going to be a waste of time. And I think at times we get focused on it's so overwhelming that we forget to take time and enjoy the moment. But yesterday, we went fishing, we went hiking, we went and just hung out as a huge family with this other family. And when they got done, Pastor Stormy's dad almost started crying and said, this is the greatest gift that I could ever be given. And I think at times we get so focused on the events that we forget the people and how enjoyable it can be. So what I say by that is, take time this summer. Do something with your grandkids or your kids that's out of the ordinary. If it's a two-day trip to go to Dallas and take them to a Texas Rangers baseball game and sit in the stands and have a hot dog and a Coke, then go do that. Do something to have fun this summer. You know, my parents a few years ago took us, or when I was really little, they took us all over the place. They took us to Disney World. They took us all these places, and we went to this lake for a week. And they asked us at the end of the year, what was your favorite thing to do? And I said it was that lake trip. They spent less money on it, and all we did was go out there and ride around and have fun. What I'm saying is go have fun with your family. Do something to celebrate this summer and make it a great summer. That's a side note. Now let me get back to where I'm at here. And so a lot of times I think that we look at God and we think, okay, God, this isn't fair what's really happening. Well, today I was coming home with my wife and I I clicked open Facebook while I was waiting for them and uh, I was filling up with gas. So I clicked it open and I clicked it. The first story that pops up is some of my friends that I grew up with. And they said, I want to share a story with you. And she started this, this mom started to share this story about her son. He was having headaches, a lot of headaches. And they thought that he had a concussion. So they went to the doctor and they, 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 had, they said, okay, you need to go to the specialist, the concu- this concussion specialist. You need to have them look at it. Well, they went in and they had a CAT scan done. She said, I never thought what would happen happened. She said, at that moment, the doctor said, ma'am, I need to speak with you outside. She thought it was kind of odd and walked out the doors. 
The doctor then proceeded to tell her in the kindest way possible he could that your son has a brain tumor and has to have emergency surgery or he will die in the next few days. This happened yesterday. Friday, they will go into surgery. This 10-year-old boy, I have a 10-year-old. And those are my friends when I grew up. They're sitting there saying, God, what's happening? And I think at times we miss God because we don't think it's fair or we don't think it's right or we don't think this should be happening to us. We do everything right. We do everything this way. God, why is this happening? But that's what I want to talk to you about tonight is that when life hits you the hardest, you can still step forward and say, God, I'm going to trust you. Job lost his family, lost his possessions, lost all these things, but yet he still looked and said, God, I still am going to follow you. I'm still going to serve you. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. And so let's jump into the scripture because I believe God has something to share with us. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11 says this. It says, I have observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race. And the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes goes hungry. And the skillful, skillful are not necessarily wealthy. And those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It is all decided by chance, by being in the right place at the right time. Verse 12 says, people can never predict when hard times might come. Like fish in a net or birds in a trap, people are caught by sudden tragedy. You know, I look at that and I think, well, that's kind of a doom and gloom statement right there, but that's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is this. We don't know when the doctor's going to come and tell you, your son has a brain tumor. We don't know when the boss is going to come in and say, I love you, but you know what? I have to have cutbacks and we're going to have to cut your job. We don't know when a mom is going to come in and say, guys, I've got breast cancer or I've got this to deal with or this is happening. Or when you get a phone call early in the morning that somebody in your family has tragically passed away. We don't know when those things are going to happen. But understand this, all of those things come down to this, this statement. Turn to Isaiah chapter 9, and I'm going to help you to understand what we need to do. Isaiah is just to the right. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 11, or I'm sorry, chapter 11, sorry, B's back there struggling, trying to figure out what I'm doing. Isaiah chapter 11, verse five. Listen to what it says right here. And this is how you learn to deal with those situations. Verse five says, he will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. The truth about it is simply this, is that no matter the situation, whether it's the greatest day you've ever had today or the worst day you've ever had today, the same thing is still evident. The same question is asked, is God still God of today? Is God still God of this moment? Is God still God of our family? We all deal with tragedy. We all deal with different things in our lives. And a lot of times we sit back and we say, well, God, this doesn't seem fair. Well, I want to talk to you about that because a lot of times when we continue to point at God and say, God, this isn't fair. I've done what you've asked me to do and things are not going the way they should be going. Because in our minds, we think they should do this, 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 and this. But that's not the way that God said God said, the fastest runner doesn't always win the race. The strongest doesn't always win the battle. I was talking just a little bit ago about the Texas Tech baseball team. They're up three to zero, and the game is almost over. They should win the game, and they lose the game. 
They come down and they almost lost another game. That's constantly, it never ends. Every day is a new day. It doesn't mean that because you had a bad day yesterday, you're gonna have a bad day today. Today is a new day. Today's the day that the Lord has made. And whether today was the greatest or the worst, it can still be the greatest because you're gonna choose to say, God, I'm still gonna serve you like it's the greatest day of my life, Lord, that you are still God of my day, you are still God of my life, and you're still God of my family. As we look at scripture, we continually define that the best doesn't always win. The best doesn't always have the best. And it doesn't seem right. How many times have you seen a person get a promotion above you that you know that they cheat, steal, lie, or do whatever it is? They take credit for other people's job, and you're saying, that's not fair. That's not fair. I've done what's right. Question comes back, is the Lord fighting your battle, or are you trying to fight your battle? If the Lord is the God of all, then he continues to fight the battle. If he fights the battle, then I've got to put my trust in him which means that it's not that job that is the answer, it's God. Well, how do I deal with that? Look to God. But what about that person? Look to God. But that person lied and took my job. Look to God. If God didn't give you that position, there's a reason why he didn't do that. He either has a better position or something is not gonna work out right there and he's gonna promote you above it. I remember hearing a story of a man who, he got passed over for job after job after job, but yet he kept doing the right thing. Three years later, after being passed over by all this company because he had a boss above him that didn't like him and said, I'm never promoting you, another company called him and made him CEO of that company. Within two years, they bought that little company and he became the boss of his old boss. But he stayed faithful day after day after day. You know, I sit back and I think about this. When the scripture teaches and says, will you work for this wage? Yeah, I'll work for that wage. And then he goes back out three hours later and hires someone else for the same wage he pays you. And then at the end of the day, you say, that's not fair. He said, whoa, 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 you agreed to work for this wage, right? Then work for your wage. Do your things. That's what God continues to say. If God asks you to do this, then just do it. Trust him. Trust in what you have. The truth about it is, a lot of times that we deal with frustration, a lot of times that we deal with these areas in our lives, the biggest thing is that we're focused on everybody else. We're focused on what other people are getting instead of focused on, man, I'm so blessed that God's got what he's got for me. I look around and I see people drive brand new trucks and I'm like, man, that would be awesome to have. I can still remember the day that uh, Andy Norris got his new truck and I was sitting there, I was like, that is sweet. That's my truck, that's the truck I want. That's the truck I want right there. But you know what? I could have been jealous about it. I could have said, that's not fair. God, I've served you for all these years. Why does he get a truck and I don't? God, I should get a truck too. You know who that sounds like? My kids. It's not fair. He got to do this and I didn't get to do this. Isn't it interesting how quickly we change our tone? How many times have you heard the thing, well, life isn't fair? Man, we say that real quick when it deals with everybody else, but when it comes to us, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that because that's not true in my life. I want to hear it. The problem is we get so focused on what others have instead of who we have. Catch that statement right there. Too many times we get focused on what others have instead of who we have. If I'll stay focused on him, he'll take care of me. He'll take care of me. He'll give me everything that I need. And that's the truth that it comes back down to. 
And this is what I want you to understand because God gives us the perfect example. Turn with me to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is, uh, I'm sorry, not Ecclesiastes, Ezekiel. Ezekiel will be just to your right, a little bit more past, be past Jeremiah, then you get to Lamentations, then you go to Ezekiel. Okay? We're going to turn Ezekiel chapter 33. I'm going to move real quick. So if, I don't, if you don't catch along, if you don't get to all the scripture right here, they're going to be on the board. We're going to start in verse 17. Listen to what this says. This is out of the New Living Translation. It says, you, your people are saying, the Lord isn't doing what's right. But it is they who are not doing what's right. Verse 18, for again, I say, when righteous people turn away from their righteous behavior and turn towards evil, they will die. But if wicked people turn from their wickedness and do what is just and right, they will live. Verse 20, O people of Israel, you are saying the Lord isn't doing what's right, but I judge each of you according to your deeds. This simply comes back down to this. What he's saying is, is that what God is doing is not fair. That's what he's saying. Listen to the, the Tree of Life version. Verse 7 says, Yet the children of your people say the way of Adonai, the way of God, isn't fair. When I serve God, it isn't fair. All those other people get to go out and they get to drink. They get to party. They get to do all this stuff. And it, their lives are going good. Why is it that I have to sit at home and everything goes wrong for me? Because I'm worried about what they have instead of who I have. Listen to the rest of this. The way of Adonai isn't fair, but it is their way. Catch what he's saying right here. Very simply, the reason why it's not fair is because you're looking at it from your perspective and saying, God, my way wouldn't go like this. Your way goes like this, but it's not fair. My way shouldn't be like this. Theirs. That is unfair. Verse 19, when a righteous person turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, he will die in it. When a wicked person turns from his wickedness and does what is just and right, he will live by it. Verse 20, yet you say the way of Adonai is not fair. House of Israel, I will judge every one of you according to his ways. What he's saying is a lot of times we look back at God and we say, it's just, it's not fair. God, it's not fair what happens. All those people get all this stuff, but I don't get any of it. This scripture cross-references back to the left in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 23. Listen to what it says right here. It says, do you think that I like to see wicked people die? Says the sovereign Lord, of course not. Do you think I like to see wicked people die? God is saying, of course not. That's my child. That is my child right there. I want them to turn from their wicked ways and live. However, if righteous people turn from their righteous behavior and start doing sinful things and act like other sinners, should they, not, should they be allowed to live? No, of course not. All their righteous acts will be forgotten and they will die for their sins. Verse 25, yet it says the Lord isn't doing what is right. Listen to me, O people of Israel. Am I the one not doing what's right or is it you? How interesting that if we'll look in the mirror and recognize, God, do I really trust you? Because I'm going to stop getting focused on what they have, and I'm going to focus on who I have. Verse 27, if the wicked people turn from their wickedness, obey the laws, and do what is just and right, they will, save, they will be saved. 
And it very simply comes back down to this. The truth, as we continue with that thought, they live, the wicked person will live because they thought it was over and decided to turn from their sins. Such people will not die. A lot of times we look at the outer person and we see what they do and we think, God, it's not fair that they have that. I can tell, I know a ton of CEOs, high-ranking managers, bank managers, people like that, that are doing things that are not in line with the word. And they have a lot more money and a lot more stuff and a lot more things than I do. I could look and say, that's not fair, God. That's not fair. Just the other day, in one day this happened, our washer and dryer went out. Sounds like a country song in a minute. Uh, A washer and dryer went out. The blower on our air conditioner in our nicer car went out. So no air was coming out. All, All the air was coming was from the outside and super hot. And then the other thing, we got a rock chip. And, and you know when you get a rock chip on there, you're like, oh, okay, I got to go get that fixed. Within minutes, this thing goes, Phew. I've got two lines across my windshield. And guess what? I get to go buy a new windshield. That happened all within the shortest amount of period of, of time. And I'm going, why? God, I tithe. God, I pray. God, I read. God, I serve. God, I do all these things. This isn't fair. That's not fair because I've seen other people who don't do the right thing, who don't have to deal with this stuff. But a lot of times when we get to that point, it's because we get so focused on everything else but what we should be focused on. This is what God is talking about. If we don't slow back down and get into God's word and the truth that he gives us, we'll continue to look and say those, those words. It's not fair. It's not fair. But it's not about being fair. It's about being a child of God. That's what it's about. In the end, God is not going to say, did you think it was fair? Did you play a fair game? No, he's going to say, did you serve me? Did you trust me? Did you live for me? Did you wholeheartedly serve me in everything that you had? And that's what it comes back down to, is that we continue to serve him and trust him. The way to do that is to change the way that we see things and the way we do things. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, we're going to start in verse 1. Then we're going to skip down. You know, as I think about God, I start to understand a little bit more about who God truly is. You know, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, it says that he is love. To know God is to know love. To know love is to know God, and that is the only way. God truly loves each and every one of us. It's not about what may have happened or what hasn't happened or this or that. It it has simply to come back down to who God truly is. And if we can't wholeheartedly jump back into what God is doing, we'll continue to talk about what they have, what happened to them, what's going on there instead of who is in me. Listen to this, chapter 12, verse 1, we're going to start, and it says this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Chapter, or verse two, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God 
transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think and the way that you learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Come back down to know who God truly is. Know what he has for us. Skip over to verse 14 for time's sake. It says this, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Now, that's the worst scripture I've ever read in my entire life. God, I want to hear the go get them scripture. No, no, no. Bless them. Bless those who persecute you. That's not fair, God. Let me help you to understand this statement. Those words should never be added to your vocabulary ever again. They should never be allowed in your household. They should never be allowed at work. It's not about being fair. Well, God, I'm just going to keep serving you. Somebody may come and say, it's, it's not fair how they treat you. It's okay, I still got God. It's okay, I still can serve the one. It's okay, because I know I still have him. And that's the most important relationship that I have. Verse 15, be happy with those who are happy and, and weep with those who weep. Verse 16, live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do such things, do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Verse 19, dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Verse 20, instead, if your enemies go hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their head. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Conquer the fairness. Conquer those statements by doing good. How do you do that? By saying, God, it's not my fight. It's yours. I'm going to live at peace with everyone, but it's not fair what they do. It doesn't matter because I know God's going to take care of them. Just like God's going to take care of my wife and I trust him for her, I'm going to trust him for them. I'm going to trust him for my work, for my vehicles, for my children, for all those things. If I don't, I'm simply telling God, it's, you're not good enough. Whoa, I don't really think that. Ever heard the statement, your actions speak louder than your words? What are your actions saying? When things don't go your way, when things aren't, cards aren't always turning your direction. You know, for years, I used to fight through this. When I played baseball, I always thought the umpire was against me. He just doesn't like me. And if, I was, if it was going good, man, that umpire, he loves me. I want him every game. I want that guy right there. It didn't have anything to do with him. It had all to do with me. But too many times, I'm looking around to see who I can blame. It's not fair. He calls that strike for the other guy, but he didn't call it for me. It's not fair. That boss gave that job to that guy, and he doesn't do anything. It's not fair. The only time that guy ever does any work is when the boss walks around. I'm here working my tail off and nobody sees what I'm doing. I'm the only one that's doing this and everybody else is off doing the wrong thing. This is what I've been asked to do and I do it every day. Good. Because the Lord has called you to do it, not that boss. Yeah, but everybody else lies. He didn't call you to lie. Be honest. Be at peace with everyone. Live in the truth and know that God has your back. 
It's about trusting. He is the one true God. Amen. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.